0: Oh, no. I didn't tick polyphonic. Hang on a sec. Let me do that again. Hey, welcome to Sands Mantra Studio. My name's Mark Hughes, and I'm a songwriter, musician, producer living in Melbourne. This is the second episode of Sands Mantra Studio, and this is where I'll be talking about everything to do with my music, both live and in the studio, it's a very, very uncharacteristically cold day here in Melbourne today. It's meant to be summer, but it's been rainy. It's actually been one of those days when I've put the heater on. So um, my dog unfortunately didn't get to go for a walk today. He hasn't been for a couple of days. Um, if I was in Germany, they'd probably find me because I think over there they have a, a law that if you don't walk your dog twice a day, I believe, then they find you. So my poor dog, Kirby. Hopefully, we'll get a walk tomorrow. I mean, I've got the best intentions. Um, Yeah, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, as they say. But moving right along, I recently released a single under my new project name, Sans Mantra, and I did talk about it a little bit last week. I want to talk a little bit more about it this week, um, the making of it, and in particular the string quartet because um, that seemed to be something that a lot of people were interested in hearing some more about. The song's called The Silent Crowd and it sounds like this
1: Did somebody let you down When you fell they were Shed a tear without a sound Did somebody let you down? Were you looking for a clue? Maybe just a better view Were you left upon dry ground? Did somebody let you down? So dry your eyes and try again.
0: Before I go any further in this episode, I just want to do a quick plug for my new mailing list. It's called the Sands Mantra VIP Club, and it's a place where you can get the first news on everything that's happening in my musical world, and you can actually also get early access to all new releases, be it music or podcasts like this, any new sort of venture that I I start in, in the way of content, I'm going to preview it here first, so... People on the mailing list will have early access to all these things. I'll also be offering discounts on things like merchandise and freebies, competitions, things like that. There'll be definite benefits to being on the mailing list if you're keen. I'll also be listing my solo gigs that I do every week. Um, So if you want to come along and say hello to me at one of those gigs, this is a good place to find out about where I'm playing. So just go over to sansmantra.com. And sign up to the list there. You'll see the form. Just put your email address in there and then you'll be added. So a lot of people were interested in hearing more about the strings and how the strings um, sort of came about. And I think one interesting thing, I find it interesting anyway, is I sort of touched on this last week, is the fact that with modern technology we can actually tune things to a very very fine degree in the computer and this came in particularly helpful um or handy with um the strings on the silent crowd because as i mentioned in last week's podcast they were pretty out of tune in in a lot of spots yeah so let's have a look here just i've got my pro tools session open here And I'm just going to try and find a bit with the strings. Bear with me. I think this is in verse 2. So what I was talking about last week with using auto-tune to tune the strings, um, back when they were recorded, Um, it was actually quite coarse. It was a pretty rough sort of method of doing it because it was tuning them all at once because it wasn't able to go in and sort of decipher which was what, you know, which note was which. So we tuned them as well as we could at the time, but since setting up my home studio and, you know, with technology getting better and better all the time, there's actually a plug-in now, there's software that you can use within your um, music software and it's called Melodyne and what it is is actually polyphonic which means that you can go in and separate notes from other notes. The best way I can think of to describe recording a song in a studio is that it's a little bit like making a cake. You have all these different ingredients and you're recording them in the studio separately or sometimes together. Um, with a rhythm section of bass and drums, you typically have a bunch of microphones around the drum kit and with the bass guitar, you might have the amplifier in a different room, or you might be doing a DI, which stands for direct injection, which basically means that you're plugging the bass guitar lead straight into the desk and there's no sound going through the air whatsoever. Actually, John Lennon apparently got so sick of waiting for microphones to be set up. And all the fuss that goes into that in the studio, that he once asked George Martin if they could DI his throat. Anyway, when you've got all these different elements in the studio, when you mix them at the end and you create your final song file, then that's your mix, that's your cake. So you can't do anything to that at that point. And up to that point, you could actually tune things up or change them. So, you know, with auto-tune, you could go back to the vocals and tune up certain things. But once it's in that cake, that final mix, you can't do anything to it. It's finished. So with Melodyne, um, this plugin actually lets you go into the cake once you've finished it and change the ingredients. So if you want a little bit more sugar, or a little bit more salt, you can just dive in there and do that, and the cake remains cooked. It's just different. So you don't have to make the cake again from scratch. You can go in and change things. So it's quite incredible. And that's because it's what's called polyphonic. It can go in and identify chords that have multiple tones, And it can tell the difference between, say, the different strings on a guitar if you're plucking them clearly enough or the different elements, you know, in there like say if you've got um, two or three voices singing in harmony at the same time, it can go in and identify those. So it's pretty amazing and I use that to do um, some tuning up with the string quartet recordings because a string quartet is actually recorded in a similar way to a band – in the studio, so it's it's a little bit like a mini cake within itself. In that, when you've when you're recording a string quartet, you've got multiple microphones, and you've got say one pointing at the first violin, another one for the second violin, then viola and cello. And even though the microphone that's on the first violin it, its focus is on the first violin, it's still going to be capturing any other noise that comes through at the same time so if the viola has a part that's playing at the same time as the first violin it's going to capture that as well however faintly so if you wanted to go in and fix up a bum note in the first violin's performance and the viola's playing at the same time you're going to affect that recording and then that's going to clash against the sound of the viola's part so it's you're really stuck until Melodyne came along with its polyphonic tuning feature, which meant that you can go in to your cake. In this case, the cake is the first violin's um, recording. It's their, their isolated track. And you can go in and just pull up the first violin. You can tune that to your heart's content without touching the viola. You would have to do it on all the other tracks as well that feature that first violin. But you couldn't do that. 20 years ago. I'm not sure when Melodyne came on the market, but it's pretty amazing. And I use that on the strings for the silent crowd. So I want to just show you a little bit of an example of that right now. So um, just bear with me. Okay, so this is the viola part, and this is the viola part soloed so this is just the microphone that was recording the viola and you'll hear lots of other noises within it so it's capturing you know the two violins and the cello at the same time so have a listen to this So now I'm going to pull up um, Melodyne, and I'm going to transfer that into Melodyne. Okay, so Melodyne's got that inside it now, and if you were sitting here with me, you would see that it's actually separated all these notes, and I'll play some of them for you. That's a harmonic. That's a very low harmonic. That sounds like it's the bulk of the viola note there. Okay. So they're the viola notes. Not sure what that is. I think that's the violin. That's cello. So what I might do, just for fun, is... That's the minor third of the F minor chord that I'm using there in the quartet. So I might might make that major.
1: And
0: that's the tonic there of the next chord, I think. Yeah, so let's have a listen to that. (laughs) that actually sounds quite cool Mm, what's there is there another one in there no it's just that it's starting to sound like james bond Bottom note of that one, because I think it's a minor chord before it resolves. Let's get rid of that. If I get rid of that, I wonder how it sounds. Not much different. Anyway, so if I play that with the other tracks, it's going to sound pretty bad because I've just changed one key note in the whole thing. Have a listen just uh put the just the strings Oh yeah Suddenly it's become something I might get funding for <laughs> Anyway, all jokes aside, this plug-in, Melodyne, became incredibly useful with these strings because I'd had these recordings for so long that I'd almost become used to the things that I really hated about them. I just because, you know, back then there was no way I could change them, as I just explained. So it actually hit me in the lead up to getting this song mixed and finishing it off that. I should go in and have another look with Melodyne and see what I could fix up, and I did. And it was just fantastic being able to go in there and just tweak certain things that just weren't played 100% or in some cases not very well at all. But overall, I, I was so, you know, happy to have live strings and, you know, to be able to just tune them up with this plug-in was just amazing. So... Um, these are the strings and this is what you can do i might actually save this because i like this i just love playing with melodyne it's so much fun what else can i do that's actually changing a note yeah once i click on that it will hold that note for as long as i want so you can actually change the note that's just moving it by increments of Of semitones, each tone has a hundred cents in it. I think it is. Um, Feel free to correct me. I'm pretty sure it's a hundred cents per tone or per semitone. Um, And in melodyne, you also can move things up by, you know, any degree of 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 one cent to twenty cents. You know, to um, like I said, I think it's a hundred in a tone, but like this. sound it's just getting more and more 21st century I'm definitely going to get some um, some sort of an arts grant for this if I finish this actually I might just change it back so it's not quite as wacky change this one down <laughs> alright I'm going to chart that out and um, apply for some funding there's also a function called formant which is part of every tone it's I don't really understand it well enough to describe it, but it sounds like this. So if we're playing this note here, we can change the format and it will change the sound of it like this. I think it's to do with the harmonics inherent in the tone. You can see the fundamental tone um, or pitch of that note stays the same, but... it becomes sort of reedier and treblier, higher. You really notice this with vocals and it's, it's actually quite useful for vocals. I'm just pulling it down as I go. Very cool. So um, I might call that the Schoenberg remix. You were just listening to my good friend Paul Richards absolutely laying it down on the drums there on an unreleased track. That's called Black Day. That's coming up. Um, probably next year, I think. But Paul actually played the drums on The Silent Crowd as well. And when I told him I was doing a podcast, he was inspired to send me this audio recording. This is, I think, what he thought I was doing, which was perhaps a more of a spoken word, um, lyrical type thing. But I'll just leave this here for you.
1: Did somebody let you down? When you fell, they weren't around. Did you get out of town? Did somebody let you down?
0: After last week's episode, I had a request to maybe share some of my early demos of The Silent Crowd. And I do actually have some old demos. So um, I picked out, I think, probably three or four of the best ones or most interesting ones. Um, These are actually all done on my old four-track recorder because I actually was working on this song before I had a home studio with Pro Tools and everything. So there's a little bit of um, fluctuation in the, um, the pitch. They sound a bit wobbly is what I'm trying to say. This is probably the first one that I did that was fairly complete, I think, with my arrangement ideas. And it had a different guitar solo, which I still like, I like the one that ended up on the finished version better, but I'm still quite fond of this one. So yeah, check it out. Next one's interesting. This was from the actual studio. So the way I worked with this song and this bunch of songs that I was recording at the time, it was actually at a studio, again, which no longer exists, was a studio called Atlantis Studios. And the way I'd work was I would program my drum machine. I had a Roland R8 drum machine, which I actually traded for an old Strat Plus with a friend a long time ago. And I think he probably got the better deal. But I actually got a lot of use out of that drum machine. I loved it. So I would work up the drum pattern on the Roland and then I'd take that into the studio. We'd record that into, you know, onto the tape. And then um, I think it was ADAT tape we were using back then. Um, Although when I was working there, the studio did transition to... Pro Tools so it was sort of just on the verge of Pro Tools and you know computer music software being the norm. Anyway I'd um, take the drum machine in and transfer that and then I laid down the bass guitar and then acoustic guitars and um, whatever else, guide vocal. But this particular one then so what I'd do is I'd take it away and this actual recording I took home on cassette and I continued working on the string arrangement um, at home with my synthesizer. So you'll hear how cheesy the sounds were; just terrible. But it got the the idea across. So I could work, you know, I could I could work out my melodies and, and harmonies and the arrangement basically. So um, that was a matter of, of putting the tape in from the studio and then recording over it using my four track. So check this out. This is just a snippet of some of the strings, the arrangement. Next one is a slightly faster version, I think. It's the same arrangement. By the time I'd got to the studio, I'd worked out the basic form and the arrangement, how long the intro went for and everything. This has got the same guitar solo, but it's a bit faster and I think I might have even put the electric guitar um, straight into the four track for this one, so DI'd and then put a bit of chorus on there, which is unusual for me. I don't usually use chorus, but I think it sounds quite cool. Listening to this one now too, it actually has an electric guitar part that I quite like that that I almost wish I'd used on the finished version. Anyway, check it out. This next one is me working out the Fender Rhodes part. I think this was on my synthesizer, so it's a pretty crappy Rhodes sound. And then I'm actually not sure in the middle when the piano comes in, if that's from the studio or if I did that on my synth. I think it's from the studio, but um, it's a nice close-up on the um, the interplay between the Fender Rhodes and the piano. I think, which I still quite like. <music> loading an instrumental version of this song at some point and I do have a couple of remixes coming from a couple of friends of mine so keep your eyes peeled for those I'll let you all know when they're up and available but I'm looking forward to hearing them I basically said to two good friends of mine who are also um, mix engineers and and musos um, just do what you want with them just take it in whatever direction you want to go so um, yeah I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing those Thank you so much for tuning in or clicking on or streaming. Thank you for listening. And I want to say um, thank you particularly, a special thank you, to the following people who gave me some invaluable feedback on my first episode last week. Thank you so much to – and this is in no particular order because all of them um, were fantastic. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Campbell McNaughton, Logan Sinclair – Salman Khan, Lyndon Wesley, Justin Slay, Pete Sim, Paul Appleman, Beck Godfrey, and of course, my ever loving family, Helen Hughes and Bailey Hughes. If you'd like a shout out in next week's episode, then just share this post, share this podcast episode, and tag me, and I'll add your name to the uh, list of shout outs for next week. And if you haven't gone and subscribed to my YouTube channel, please go ahead and do that and also follow me on Spotify. Um, It's called Sans Mantra, my project. And speaking of Spotify, I've actually got a playlist up there that is kind of in the same vein as The Silent Crowd. It's a list of songs that I think have influenced that song and it's a mix of a lot of songs with strings in them that I've or have always loved. And then other songs that perhaps are similar in mood. Um, it's called the sans mantra chill playlist or just sans mantra chill. So go along and like that, share it with your friends. And next week I will be looking at my next single, which is in the process of being mixed as we speak. It's called City Shrink, and it's a bit of a summer song with perhaps some dark undertones. Um, So I'll be looking at that next week. I'm not sure if it'll be released this year or not. I'm hoping for it to be, but even if it's not, I'm going to talk a little bit about it. Thanks so much for your company today. I'm off to a gig tonight. It's been a while. This is my first one back, so no doubt I'll be reporting on that next week. Have a great week and I'll see you then.